get started. All right. Okay. <laughs> Yay. All right. Thank you so much for just, you know, agreeing to be interviewed. I appreciate it. I'm so excited. Um, I have a lot of questions, but I can tell this is going to be a good interview. So, <laughs> um, okay. So to start, I want to ask you about your pregnancy. I have two questions. First, what was the most difficult part of your pregnancy and what was the best part of your pregnancy? Hmm. So the most difficult part, um, prior to Maddie, um, I actually had two losses. Okay. So the most difficult part was, <laughs> I feel like it was just the whole thing. Well, no, I'll say once I got to about 20, 25 weeks, I was really, really um, anxious. Okay. Okay. So I think those beginning weeks were really hard for me trying to... Um, you know, understand like, is, is this going to be my baby that I get to meet this time? Yeah. That was really hard in the beginning. Um, I think that the best part was just um, making it to the end. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Being able to see her in the end. Um, but of course, just like watching her grow and move and um, just, you know, really get to know her while she was inside was 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 great yeah that's awesome so then in general like what was your what was what was your pregnancy like like outside of just kind of the the emotions and the anxiety and the fear like physically like what what did you experience um I think honestly I had a really easy pregnancy okay um let me see. I think I probably was only, I was pretty nauseous in the beginning, but I didn't have like morning sickness. Um, I remember I threw up once and okay. my husband was like, oh, that means the baby's growing. Cause like, you know, I don't know, just, you just read so much and you know, other times I didn't have morning sickness. And sometimes they equate like how, you know, severe your morning sickness is, whether or not, you know, baby's growing and hormones and things like that. But um, he was like, oh, well, this baby's growing. <laughs> and then, um, what else? I think my body was okay. I know close to the very end, cause she was, <laughs> my belly was big um, and she was born in June. So, you know, it was getting hotter and getting warmer. Yeah. So my belly was feeling heavy and hot. Mm -hmm. And my feet were swelling because the days were long and I was still teaching. I was actually, um, I taught all the way up until my due date. I, oh for gosh. some crazy yeah. reason, I thought that I could write on my paper, oh, I'm not coming back after Memorial Day. And that my doctors rejected it. And I was like, what? And they said, well, there's no medical reason why you can't work up until your due date. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, well, I mean, I'm blessed that I'm healthy, but I really thought that I could just stop working when I wanted. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm so, wait, <laughs> I'm shocked. I feel like maybe I knew this, but like, what? Like, it was, so when I sent my, when I sent my paperwork into human capital, um, they, I put the dates on there and I'm, and I guess they checked with my doctor's office and, um, and they were like, oh no, she's her, her due date is June 8th and she should be able to work up until then. So I called Human Capital and asked, 
why am I working past May 28th? And they were like, oh, your doctor said you're in perfect health and you should be okay to work until then, so. Oh my God. Okay, so I have so many thoughts, but because this is not an interview about (laughs) our, yeah, our previous employer, we're (laughs) not going to get into that. Yes. But I have so many thoughts, (laughs) but okay. So, so during that time then, like, how did you balance? than just like taking care of yourself versus like being an educator and having to like be present for all the kids. Like, mm. how did you balance that? Um, I think I just remain really grateful and joyful. I think okay. coming from the place of loss and then always just remembering, um, you know, this blessing that's growing mm. inside of me, um, okay. that really kept me motivated. Um, and then a lot of people supported me at school. Like if I ever needed anything, um, everybody was super supportive. Um, like, and even like as my belly got bigger, the older kids were really, um, cognizant. They were always like, don't stress Miss Delago out. You're going to stress her baby out. So (laughs) I think everybody was just like really kind, really supportive. So that made work a lot easier. And, um, and a lot through not just the end of my pregnancy, my husband, he um, actually started cooking a lot too because I was really tired. So, because um, I usually cook and I, I like to cook, but it was some days where I'm just like, oh, we're about to get this pizza. And he's like, no, no, cook. <laughs> so that was um, just having a lot of support yeah. um, really helped me throughout. And even like my mom, um, my mom and my sister, Mm-hmm. Like my mom, and I joke with my mom about this, but she would come over and like wash the dishes for me and like really help out. And yeah. then once Maddie was born, I was like, mom, this is the time that I need you to wash yes. the dishes. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, she was really supportive. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, so can you tell me your birth story? What was your daughter's birth like? So my husband and I, we um, signed up for birthing classes that were through um, Johns Hopkins uh-huh. and went through the birthing, you know, um, classes. I believe it was like, you know, like four sessions in a month and okay. um, practice, you know, all the breathing and everything. And I really thought that I was going to have um, like an unmedicated birth. Uh-huh. Um, but (laughs) plan change. So (laughs) it was, and I remember, I think I stopped working. Let me see. Cause Maddie was almost, um, a week overdue. Okay. So I stopped working on the eighth and she was born on the 13th. Okay. But, um, so I had my checkup and wasn't dilated. So I'm like, okay. So then that started walking a lot. And then, um, and it was on a Friday, I started to have contractions. And I was like, oh, good. Let's get this ball rolling. So okay. I started bouncing on my ball. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And then, so that night, that Friday night, I was able to sleep through and it was fine. And then Saturday came and my husband was like, you want to go walk? So we were walking around Lake Montebello, walking around. Mm-hmm. And, and the contractions started to get stronger. And I was like, oh, man, this is it. Like... Oh no. And then so I went home and I started timing them, but they still weren't consistent enough for them to say like because I wanted a hospital birth. 
mm-hmm. um, to come in. So okay. stayed at home. And that night I tried to sleep, but I was waking up like every 15 minutes with them. And coming into Sunday, they were still like 15 minutes. And I was just like moving around, trying to go throughout my day and then stopping like, and then keep going and going. And then didn't really get good sleep that Sunday night either. So then Monday rolled around. And my husband said, do you want me to go to work? And I was like, yeah, because they're not like close together enough. So just go and I'll call you if I need you. And he, you know, he, his job knew. So I'm just home and I actually, um, we had a rocker for Maddie's um, nursery. So I like put the rocker in the room because I couldn't lay down because it wasn't comfortable. So I literally just rocked all day. And when wow. a contraction came, I just like, got up, walked around okay. and I'm still timing my contractions. At this point, they were like, five minutes but they weren't like a minute long sometimes they were 40 seconds or however so I'm trying to like time them and try to see what's happening and then they were just getting so intense and then I called my son I was like when you come home I'm going to the hospital like I am ready and then um and then I got in the shower for a little bit to kind of like ease the pain mm-hmm. and then while I was in the shower my water broke okay and it was so funny because I was like, wait, did this just happen? Or because I felt, um, <laughs> you know, I felt the water. But I was like, no, I didn't just pee. This is this is real. This is real. And um, I called and I called the um, the labor and delivery. Uh-huh. And I called them once before. And they probably was like, can you just come in? Because I called and I said, um, my baby, she's not moving like she like she usually is. I'm really nervous. And they were like, well, what's happening? I said, I am having contractions. They were like, oh, she's just getting ready. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so then the next time I called and they were like, well, do you want to come in? And I was like, yeah, I'll be here <laughs> soon. Yeah. So we, um, and this was Monday. So Monday the 12th. So then we um, went, she was born uh, Johns Hopkins Bayview and we live kind of Northeast Baltimore. Uh-huh. So um, it's like a 16 minute drive, not bad. Um, but my husband was just coming from work. It was like dinner time. He was like, can we stop and get some dinner? I was like, we <laughs> might as well. Cause who knows the next time I'm gonna be able to eat. So we're right, like right. at Chick-fil-A in the drive through and I'm like having these contracts. I'm like, it's like, I can't even eat. So then we finally go and we get to labor and delivery. And um, I tell them, you know, I was like in the wheelchair, whatever, you know, they roll you in. And um, they were asking about my contractions. And I said, well, they're not, they're not consistent, but they are pretty strong. And they're lasting about a minute. And um, we went in and she checked me and she was like, okay, well, you are five um, centimeters dilated. And we do see that your water broke. And um, they were like, okay, we'll admit you. And then they're like, do you want um, an epidural? And at this point, I was in labor for a couple of days. I said, oh yes, gosh, please. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Oh. So when they, they hooked me up to the machine, um, and you had to, like, you know, stay still if you're going to um, get the epidural. And I was uh-huh. so nervous that I was going to have a contraction while they were putting in the needle. Yeah. yeah. And the lady was like, are you ready? And I was like, wait, hold on. And I like had a, la- a contraction pass. And she was like, wait, you just stopped and breathed through that contraction? Because they could see how intense they were. And I was uh-huh. like, yeah, that's what I've been doing like for the last two days. And she was like, oh my goodness. I'm so glad you came in because they were, well, once I got the epidural and they like 
you know, did all these tests, they saw that my contractions were really intense, but they weren't regulated. So if I would have kept waiting until they were, um, I guess it's like the five minutes apart, yeah. then I probably would have had Maddie at home. Yeah. Just because yeah. they weren't, they weren't, they were so consistent, you know, inconsistent. So then, um, she, so I'm, you know, laboring, laboring, laboring. They give me the epidural and, um, I didn't sleep. So they asked me if I wanted some Benadryl and I should have just took the Benadryl, but I'm all like, no, I- I'll be okay. Should have took it. <laughs> so yeah. at this point, it's like eight o'clock. I go to sleep, um, for a little bit and then wake up at, um, like two feeling the pressure mm-hmm. and, I'm like, I think I got to poop. They were like, no, you don't got to poop. Like, it's time. It's time. Okay. So, um, then, because my mom and my husband were there, and they were both asleep. And I'm like, all right, y'all, like, come on. Y'all got to wake up. Like, it's time. It's 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 happening. It's time. (laughs) It's showtime. So, I remember, um, you know, in my, watching so many videos and doing all this stuff, like, I was surprised that with the epidural, I was able to move how I wanted to move. Okay. Um, but so like my legs were up first and then, um, and then I was able to turn around on my knees to kind of push and it was really hard. Like I didn't, (laughs) I was like, this is really hard. And I felt all of it. So it was, um, something about, I don't know what happened with the epidural. I don't, I don't know, but it was like, I felt all of the pain and I asked wow. the lady, I was like, um, cause I pressed the button and she was like, well, it should be, um, you know, coming out. You should be able to, you know, um, it should be numb. You shouldn't be able to feel all this. And I was like, I feel everything yeah. and how, you know, whatever. I can't even describe the feeling now, but it was pain. And I was like, I went through all that to get this epidural and I'm still feeling <laughs> so much pain. This is ridiculous. Oh my God. So, so, um, finally, what happened? So finally, um, you know, she's coming out a little bit and they put the heart rate monitor on her and I'm like nervous because I'm thinking something's wrong with her when they, you know, stick the little thing on her. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 she's fine. So, push her out and I pushed about 45 minutes it was a while and I think mostly because I was just so scared I was like lord you did not bring me all the way here for this to end like I was just so nervous for it to just end in a tragic way and um so she was born and um as soon as she came out they put her on my chest Mm-hmm. And I wanted to um, delay the cord cutting, but yeah. I think because I think they were saying because the cord was so short that um, and I still had to deliver um, my, my placenta, uh-huh. the cord was too short for them to do it. So we clamped it and we cut it right away. Okay. And um, and I tore, which was awful. Okay. Um, so. I think that was worse than um, the delivery. Okay. And yeah. I was telling the nurse, I had a really great nurse. Um, the doctor, it wasn't my regular doctor because they work in like a practice. So whoever is on call will deliver. Mm-hmm. Um, she was not patient. She was not listening. Like I'm telling her when she, because of the epidural, um, 
I wasn't numb. So when it was time for them to like sew, sew me back up, I felt all of it. And I was telling them like, I can feel this. And the nurse, the nurse was, cause I had Maddie on my chest and was like, I can't even enjoy this cause I can feel everything that you're doing. And the nurse was like, we need to get her some numbing cream. Do you hear her? And she was like, I'm almost, I was like, no, like I, my small had to take Maddie off my chest. I was like, no, you need to stop. I can feel this. We need some numbing something. Cause this yeah. is very painful. Oh my God. And yeah, that was awful. And I mean, clearly I'm in the bliss of my new baby, but I should have filed a report. <laughs> you should have. I mean, good for you for standing up for yourself, but oh my gosh. like Yeah, I appreciate the nurse that was there too, because <sighs> she was like, you need to stop. Like she's saying that this is painful and it's uncomfortable for her. You need to stop. And then I was so sad. So Maddie was born at 513 that morning and my doctor, who's a midwife, would have been a totally different birth experience. Yeah. She she came on call at six o'clock. Ah. I was like, oh my gosh, we should have waited. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. What what an incredible story though. Um so what was your postpartum period like and what kind of support I guess did you need and how were you able to kind of like ask the people around you to provide that support um postpartum was rough just because um I am used to doing like everything by myself but it Mm -hmm. was tough clearly because I'm I think well it was mostly hard not knowing how to care for myself Mm -hmm. um you know and do everything for uh Maddie because I breastfed, um, it took longer for my stitching to heal. Okay. And it, so it was just very painful to go to the bathroom for weeks mm-hmm. on weeks. Um, and I did have postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. Okay. And didn't really realize it until um, not even my wellness checkup. I think it was Maddie's pediatric wellness, um, one of her first checkups with her doctor Mm -hmm. um I filled out the paperwork oh yeah because you don't see yeah I didn't see my doctor until six weeks but I saw Maddie's doctor and we had the the paperwork and she kind of emailed me and she's like hey you know I didn't notice that you scored in the postpartum depression range um here are some resources if you need you know anything else you can just call me or of course call your doctor so um I actually reached out to a friend who worked for um, a nonprofit called Family Tree mm-hmm. and okay, hooked, yeah. us up, hooked us up with, um, um, I don't know what her title is, but like just like a family support person. Mm-hmm. So she was able to come in and, you know, tell us different things of how to, you know, help a newborn. And then they actually found um, like a support group for me um for moms who have postpartum depression and that was really helpful because not you know just hearing other women's stories like I'm not by myself like this is not something that's uncommon because I feel like you know in the black community a lot of people we don't talk about it so whenever you have something you feel so alone um same way how I felt with my miscarriages like I just felt so alone I was like I don't hear anybody else talking about this I don't know if you know other people are experiencing this um but from there that's when I knew how to communicate 
my needs. So I started asking more of my husband, like, listen, we started doing um, shifts. So okay. I slept from a exit, like I breastfed her, you know, slept for a couple hours. And then what the beauty of this was once I woke up, that was that longer stretch that she slept. Okay. So then I breastfed her and then slept a little bit more and um, life definitely got a lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> and this was about at the five week mark. Okay. So, um, yeah, those first, honestly, everything's a blur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I look the first year for me, <laughs> but oh, like, I agree. the first year was wild, but like that, I guess what the first like eight weeks it is insane. And like the yeah. amount of like ups and downs and like, just like such a wild, like, shifting in like the emotions and it's crazy it is crazy and there were times where I was just like something something's not right like this is this cannot be life right now yeah I was like oh no this is (laughs) yeah and you know the question I don't know why people think this is a good question to ask right after you have a baby people are going to ask you oh when do you have another one and I literally be like no never (laughs) <laughs> and exactly. one time, he, like I was like really like never and then upset when people would ask me he was like baby you don't have to respond like that when people say things I was like well I don't know you you come up with um the line because yeah. right now I'm just frustrated absolutely absolutely or like yeah no I feel that's I feel like that's a very invasive question and people don't get it. And they just, they're, you know, they're just like trying to be like, Oh, you know, that's so cute. You know, whatever. Yeah. Okay, cool. But like, it's, um, it's a very invasive question. And like, I, somebody asked me that and I was like, look, I almost didn't make it through this one. So like, yeah. let's just, let's just take it, take it slow. Okay. Cause like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is happening again. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that because it's so, it's, it's a lot of times it's hard to admit like, okay, yeah, I really struggled. And like, I, I know, cause I really struggled a lot. And so it was like being able, I think the only thing, like, I'm so glad we live, social media is like a gift and a curse, but I'm really glad that we live in like the era that we do because that was literally like the only thing that saved me. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like on Instagram, like looking and I'm just like, oh snap, like other people like experience this too. Okay, I'm not alone. This is, these are normal. Like I'm having all these crazy thoughts and like, Mm -hmm. this is, (laughs) this is normal. Like, okay, you know, I gotta like find like a coping mechanism, find something yeah and like you know that really helped me because I really thought like I had a problem and yeah it was the same for me like I scored low and so like I got like a list of like resources and stuff and I actually didn't even reach out to the resources that I I feel like I should have and I just like didn't because I was so nervous (laughs) I was so scared so like I didn't reach out like, I was fearful too, thinking like, if I say something wrong, are they going to come take my baby? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. going to put me in a hospital? Like, I was, yes. yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, what was your tra- transition back to work like? Mm. Um, I did not want to go back to work. I was like thinking of everything. I'm talking to my husband. I'm like, what if we sell a car? Like, what if we do all this? 
Um, just so I don't have to go back. Um, yeah, it was really tough. This is when um, I was looking for a therapist to help me with this transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like, well, while um, I went back to work, it was my mother and my mother-in-law who kept Maddie. So I didn't really have any um, worries or fears about that. It was just me being away from her um, was really hard. And I didn't know it was going to be that hard because I I never thought that I would want to be like a stay-at-home mom or Mm -hmm. work-from-home mom. But once she came and just that attachment and just wanting to... I mean, nobody's going to have a perfect child. But just like, just give her the best I know I can give her. That was really hard. And um, going back to work and trying to balance breastfeeding and, uh, I mean, you know, pumping. Literally, well, my body is very sensitive to change anyways, but Mm -hmm. the, I was only back to work for a week and my period came back. Wow. At four months. I was like, I thought I had at least six months. Yeah. So that, like, that's how literally, like, literally my body just, you know, was very sensitive to me. Not, you know, nursing on demand anymore. Mm-hmm. Just pumping. Mm-hmm. And then I wasn't pumping regularly because of planning time and trying to play catch up yeah. um, to get things done. So that was, yeah, that was really hard. Um you looking back, like, I wish I would have taken that extra time that we're allotted to have. But I'm like, no, I just pumped on my planning in my lunchtime. But I should have took extra time just because yeah. it did eventually did um, diminish my supply, uh-huh. um, which was hard because Maggie was a big baby. She, okay. <laughs> she just, like, <laughs> required a lot of milk. <laughs> and... Um, and another part of that, like trying to tell parents, like, you know, I was doing a lot of reading how like formula fed babies or how you feed babies breast milk, like you give them, you know, you give them a little bit and like stop to let them kind of like burp and just like you don't just hold the bottle. Mm-hmm. and let the baby finish I don't know that's what I was reading so I'm trying to explain that to my mom and my mother-in-law because they were going through milk like this and I was like y'all like <laughs> I can't produce more than this that was it yeah um so yeah okay yeah wow it's hard it's hard even like leaving them it's it's so hard um okay so can you tell me a little bit about your career background and your journey, the journey that to wellness, I guess, that you went through before kind of like deciding, hey, I'm going to start this business. Like what, mm-hmm. what was your journey and like what were you doing beforehand? Yes. So um, I am a public school librarian. Um, I see pre-K through fifth grade students. Um actually a couple of times throughout the week, just because I am full time. So I see some of the kids twice or three times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, And originally I started out in the classroom, but I felt that was too stressful, too demanding. So I transitioned to the library, which can still be um, stressful, but um, less demanding. Um, And I just realized like when you, so after Maddie, 
altogether, um, weight gain, probably gained like 30 pounds. And when I, when she was maybe like six months, I mean, I'm six weeks, like I lost most of the weight, but of course belly was not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm, when I was home, you know, I'm making all my meals, eating well. When I transitioned back to work, I didn't, you know, have that time to just be making food. Like I had to wash bottle parts, pump milk, yep. mm-hmm. write lessons, like so much. So um, when I got back to work, it was just eating out a lot. And then just, you know, started gaining weight, just not feeling good about myself, not feeling good about, um, you know, even my performance at work, just, just everything was just, you know, in a cycle. And it wasn't until, let's see, really last summer where I got serious about it. Cause I always kept saying, oh, I'm going to eat better. And I would like every break time. So summer breaks, like I always ate really good and had the time to move my body and feel good about myself. And then the school year kept coming and, you know, not taking the time to plan my meals and, you know, plan what movement I'm going to do um, would just mess me up. So it was like, you know, another cycle of just not committing. So it wasn't until last summer where I was in a really dark place of just not feeling good about myself, frustrated about, you know, relationship things, just a lot. It was just a lot at the one time. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I had an Apple watch and um, I was like, I'm just going to get serious. I'm going to move, you know, I'm going to close my rings every day. And um, I was pretty consistent with it and um, started feeling good about it. I started my movement um, journey just with dance because I was going to the gym, but I was like, I can't keep this up. Like, I don't, I don't feel like waking up five o'clock every morning, going to the gym. Like, you know, it felt good, but then, you know, and at the time, the same time too, I did discover um, this book called Woman Code. That talks a lot about um, women's menstrual cycle and how to like eat and exercise and plan your self-care and social activities around your menstrual cycle. Just because there are so many um, hormone fluctuations, you know, when our hormones are low, our energy is low. But when our hormones are higher, energy is high, we're vibrant. We, you know, have the want to do those certain things. So me not knowing that um, before, I kept you know, um, punishing myself, shaming myself for not, mm-hmm. you know, my, yeah, come on, you were going to the gym last week. What's going on this week? Not knowing like, Hey, your period's about to start girl. Your energy is low. Chill yeah. out. So taking that information and, um, you know, just being kinder to myself, being more gracious to myself really, um, kind of got me going on my wellness journey. And, um, just trying to make better like I love cake I eat cake all the time but I mostly have a plant-based diet I get my protein in I get my healthy fats um I'm not about depriving myself of the things that I want because um that can't be life right (laughs) right I want I want the things I want yeah um and I move my body to feel good to be stronger I'm not moving my body because I just ate my cake and I'm trying to work it off. No, mm-hmm. moving my body to be stronger and feel better about myself. And um, that was that's what ignited my journey. And then kind of coming full circle for things. Um, you know, at first I thought 
last summer when I set this goal, I thought, okay, I'm gonna lose my weight and I'm gonna feel better. But, you know, as the pounds came off, you know, I still felt frustrated, still felt angry just about work and, you know, parenting and wife life, just so many things. (laughs) And um, I was like, I don't feel how I thought I would feel. So then I still did um, you know, more introspection and thank God for, you know, this pain. I mean, the pandemic obviously is tough. It's right. scary, but this time just gave me, and I'm sure a lot of other people time to really slow down and think about things, um, you know, in our lives. And, you know, I was able to just, you know, take, I mean, I'm sure you heard it like the Myers-Briggs, just like mm-hmm. looking more into that and how my personality is looking into Enneagram, yeah. and, um, figuring out that, you know, I'm actually a highly sensitive person. So I thought I'm just like overly emotional, but no, I'm a highly sensitive person, which is a, um, a trait that some people have where sure. people's environment, like the way the environment can impact your own feelings and emotions. Absolutely. And um, just knowing that about myself now and creating a different self-care plan for myself you know taking the time to just be in silence starting my day just in silence um Mm -hmm. you know doing more reading because that relaxed me like I try not to watch so much tv because then the things that I watch on tv are like pulling on me like especially if it's like a drama yeah yeah you get nervous it affects you that's yeah it does just being you know just being aware of different things that I weren't aware of before that um definitely helps me out you know in my mental health journey sure sure that's amazing that's so funny because I just feel like when when we're able to take the time to kind of like you, you, it's almost like you had a mindset shift and you realize, okay, like maybe these external things like that I'm looking for, like weight loss or like this or that is like really not where it is. And maybe like, I need to just spend some time with myself Mm -hmm. and getting to know myself and realizing, okay, like that's where the answer is going to be. And so that's, that's awesome. Um, Cause well, yeah, that's a that's a big blessing. So that's that's yeah. great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, what is becoming well together, and what is the most meaningful part of your work? Mm. Um, so, <clears throat> becoming well together was born during this pandemic time, where, um, well, first it was like so much uncertainty about you know teachers going back to work and what things would look like. And even though I still work for public schools, um, I knew that I didn't want other people dictating like what I was going to do, you know, anytime, you know, Mm -hmm. I wanted to create um, flexibility for myself. I wanted to create um, a legacy for Maddie. Um, One of the, excuse me, one of the most important things about this is you know, this journey for myself is Maddie seeing me do it. Um, I know a lot of times maybe, you know, women of color, we don't, we didn't always see, you know, our moms taking care of themselves like we know we should now just because they had to balance so much. Right. And I want to make sure that she sees me doing this and at the same time support other moms who 
haven't, you know, gotten a, you know, gotten their footing on how they need to start their own journey. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, as you know now, like I've I've been through it. Like I know I've been in tough places, hard places, places where I wasn't sure I was gonna come out of. Yeah. But by the grace of God, I'm here, and my purpose is to support other women who feel like I feel, who think that they want to chase weight loss, they want to chase these things, but we gotta first. <clears throat> look internally and um, first start with what's going on inside of us, you know, mm-hmm. try to manage stress. And through that, you know, we can focus on nutrition, we can focus on movement, we can focus on mindful practices, but first, um, you know, tackle what's going on inside, inside here, inside yeah. of here. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. That's, I, I was like chills. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, I just, yeah. And I, it's, yeah, it's so hard. Like it's hard. It's hard in general because it's almost like the signals that you get from the world are like, you have to grind and you have to yeah. work hard for the things that you want. And like, while, while that messaging, you know, is accurate, it's not like that grind doesn't have to look like you hustling like and you got like 15 million like side hustles and you're Mm -hmm. working a full-time job and like you know you've got this going and that going like you know and that kind of like hustle mentality it's really it's it's really harmful yeah a lot of times and then in addition to that like when you're like after you have kids, you know, it's just like, oh, the expectation is, oh, well, like, that's just, that's just what you do. Like, you take care right. of your family and you, like, you work and, like, you do this. Right. And, and like, you know, it's, it's almost like you're shamed if you can't handle, mm-hmm. like, And that's the scary, it. Yeah. that is the scary part about it. You feel inadequate, even though you're doing all these things, you, mm-hmm. you feel inadequate because, you're, you know, you don't want to admit that you're having trouble or it's too mm-hmm. much or it's too hard. Um, I d- used to feel a lot of that just because like my mom, you know, she had four kids and my mother-in-law has four kids and just like, all right, come on, Matt, Maya, you have one, you have one, you can do this. But, mm-hmm. you know, things are just different. Everybody's different and it's okay, mm-hmm. you know, for things to be hard. And, you know, as an adult and talking to my mom, she was like, yeah, it's hard. Why did you think you went to go live with your dad for a little bit? And I was like, oh, I thought. She was like, no, I was stressed out. Like, <laughs> she was like, not because of you, just just things. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm glad to know that as an adult and now as a mother that, you know, it's okay for those things to happen. And, you know, our children won't be severely impacted. I mean, you know, by minor things like that. Um, we just we have to do what's best for us and you know what our children will benefit from us and that's taking care of ourselves yeah yeah absolutely even if it's just the little 10 minute break that you can take you know in between like whatever else that you have going on i think it's so important um so given the health disparities within like black and brown communities in the united states and, and even globally um how does this knowledge inform how you run your business? So I want to make sure um, I am working with women of color, moms of color, um, just because I know, you know, we don't all have that 
we're not all given that same information um, or even that same care mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, other women are. Sure. And I want to make sure that the things that I know, especially about um, working with our bodies, working with our cycles, this is something that we all know just because it's too many of us that have to get like, you know, hysterectomies and, Uh um, you know, have all these different reproductive challenges Uh just because the doctors feel like that's the easiest solution. When we are, you know, fueling our bodies with the things that it needs to successfully run and, you know, be at its best, Uh then I believe, you know, a lot of these issues that we have like poly ovarian, um, excuse me, polycystic ovarian syndrome and endometriosis. And a lot of those things can be um, counteracted with, you know, changing our foods and our movement and, you know, taking care of ourselves, you know, reducing a lot of the stress and the things that we put on ourselves. Uh Um, Another thing too, so I do offer one-on-one coaching, but I think one of the things I am going to push more is my membership um, program just because, it can be expensive to um, sign up for one-on-one coaching for a health a health coach, and I don't want um, this message to miss anybody just because they feel like they don't have X amount of dollars to sign up for one-on-one coaching. Yeah. I want to make sure that it is affordable to people who need it, yeah. um, because we need it. You know, we it's it's you know time is up for us to just be you know, continuing with the aches and the pains that we've had for months and sometimes years, ignoring the things, not making appointments, you know, that we should for those things. And then, you know, getting these major surgeries or having these major procedures done just because we didn't listen to our bodies. We weren't in tune with our bodies to know the change or the difference in what was happening. Absolutely. Um, So, Yes, I'm ready to, um, you know, just reach every every woman that I can and give them this message and, um, you know, support them and teach them and encourage them to just, you know, take ownership of their bodies. You know, we don't have to be um, slaves to medical diagnosis and things like that. Um, you know, we have to be proactive in our health and take charge of our health. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that's so, I'm so glad that you, you said it, the way that you phrase it, like time is up for us to be dealing with and just like going along with like these aches and pains that we feel like that's so true. And like there, you always feel like, okay, well there's, there's always going to be like a chance for me to call the doctor. Like Mm -hmm. I I call, I can do that later. Like I have all these things Mm -hmm. to do. I'll call the doctor later. You just keep putting it off putting it off and like yeah that that is so true and like even just looking at like my own like myself and then my own family history and like my mom like she has she has diabetes and Mm -hmm. like her mom had diabetes and like it's just you know you have these things you have all these signals I guess you could call them that your body like gives you and it's just like she just like put it off because like oh well like marla and kareen have like a a christmas concert or like you know we have to get ready for like this volunteering for student council you know Mm -hmm. and it's just like i just yeah it's it's so important and like it's so also like just as important to to be able to model 
that for like the next generation. Like, yeah, yeah I'm taking care of myself. Like I'm listening to my body. Um, it's, it's so important. So mm-hmm. thank you. You're welcome. Um, so summer 2020, <laughs> was wild um there were wildfires yeah. there are black lives matter renaissance and like racial reckoning and protests um and so i'm wondering how just like watching all of that impacted your role your roles as um a mother an educator and a business owner and mm. um how how did you take care or, and how did you cope with all of that um honestly just because I am a sensitive person to information and news, I didn't watch a lot of news. Um, you know, whenever, like, you know, my husband watches a lot of news, my mother-in-law watches a, not, a lot of news. So if whenever I heard something, um, I definitely just stopped, you know, breathe through it. And most times I often like said a prayer for the person, for the family. Um, for myself to just, you know, it's just, it was really tough um, hearing those things. And I, when, when was it? I can't remember what situation, but we were still in school. And um, what was it? Yeah, I think it was, it was Breonna Taylor. And then we had a staff meeting and, you know, the, the atmosphere was just so like, why are we here right now? You know, trying to, trying to piece together the things that are important and things that are not important when realizing like, this is not, you know, just one black woman, you know, who was killed. Like this is something serious that's happening. And, you know, trying to, it was tough trying to balance, you know, the things that are important, the things are not important. Like clearly my students are important, but but today, because of how I'm feeling, we're just going to read independently. We're going to take time. We're going to, you know, if kids wanted to talk about it, we talked about it. Um, but just, you know, recognizing how you usually deal with um, loss and tragedy, even though, you know, they're not our family members, but it's still mm-hmm. loss and tragedy to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, recognizing how you usually deal with it and trying to cope in that safer way so I would you know talk to my husband about how he's feeling and you know and when George Floyd was killed we talked about that and he um you know I asked him you know how are you feeling like this is tough because when he goes out you know I'm home working and he actually um was still going into work during the pandemic um I was worried for him every day going out just because you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, anything can happen. Um, so just definitely concerned and just being, um, aware of how he was feeling as well. Um, as a business owner, um, well, I didn't start my business until like later this summer. Um, but I think, in the heat like when you know there were a lot a lot of things happening mm-hmm. like or just thinking about a lot of business like this is not the time for me to promote my business mm-hmm. this is not the time for me to tell you you know x y and z that i have going on this is my time um you know if i was really um 
into my business, it would be my time to let people know, you know, I'm here for support. I'm offering this, um, you know, breathing exercises, breathing. If you want to come join me, that kind of thing to help people process, not necessarily, you know, pushing my services, mm-hmm. but um, pushing my um, what I can offer, how I can help. How you can help in yeah. that kind of way. Okay. So, how are you looking forward to caring for yourself and nurturing yourself in 2021? Mm-mm-mm. In 2021, um, <laughs> I am, so I've been coming off of the, um, well, I was never really like a go hard in the gym kind of person. Like I'm a definitely an at-home workout kind of person, um, but I'm coming off of the lifting all the time kind mm-hmm. of thing. I'm moving more into Pilates. I'm actually um, becoming trained to be a Matt Pilates trainer. Um, And it's just, it's it's helping me so much to just slow down and really listen to my body. Um, So going into 2021, I'm definitely just going to slow down, um, try to see basically... um, you know, trying to get my business um, automated as much as I can. So I am there for Maddie. Um, you know, she's only three, but um, she feels it. Like when I'm at my computer <clears throat> doing work, mommy, can you come do this? Mommy, can you come do that? And, you know, it's it's tough. Like I'm not like grinding. Like I'm not up all night doing stuff. That's what I won't do. Like I'm not compromising my sleep. But I do spend a lot of time at the computer during during like awake hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing that, you know, she's competing for my attention. So I'm my goals in 2021 is to make sure I have as much um, automation or systems in place. That way, you know, I can give to my business. I can see it flourish. But at the same time, um, you know, I have time for my family. Awesome. Great. So um, parenthood and motherhood are often described as fostering or causing the greatest joy and the most excruciating fear. Um, (laughs) So how do you raise your daughter to be confident and fierce and to take risks despite the many fears and anxieties that you feel as a mother, especially a black mother or mother of color, um, raising a daughter, you know, who is a person of color in the United States? Oh, that's good. Um, we do, I'm not consistent with it, but I try to do affirmations with her in the morning. Um, cause Maddie is a very, she's a very shy kid and she's very cautious. It's, which is so funny because she's so curious and she wants to do things, but she's super cautious about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to remind her, you know, I am strong. I can do hard things. I am brave. Um, nothing is too much for me. Try to keep her and help her understand that. Um, so when she does get to tough things, she can, can remember like, this is tough, but I can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been something we've been trying to do um, around here. And um, just modeling for her, 
Um, I think, I mean, as teachers, we know that like, you know, thinking about your thinking, um, try to, I'm trying to be more mindful of that. Like if she sees me kind of like looking at something or thinking about something, she'll ask me like, mommy, what you doing? What do you think about? And I'm, you know, I'll tell her like, I'm thinking about, this is just so hard, but I know, you know, I'm going to try my best and I'm going to do it. And she was like, oh yeah, you can do your best. Yes. (laughs) I love how kids are so they're like your your own little like cheerleaders are like Mm. yes mommy yes you can do it yeah and just um another thing working on just um trying to make her feel confident enough to ask for the things that she needs Mm -hmm. so of course I've been at home she's an only child so it's easier but like in school um mostly a lot last year but less this year her teachers are saying you know, we're trying to remind her to um, speak up for the things that she wants mm-hmm. and not to be like so like hard on her. But, uh, you know, I tell her, like, you won't get the things that you want if you don't ask. Yeah. And, you know, you know, just that's a, just a life lesson. Like, I feel like I'm always giving her these life lessons. But I'm like, OK, hold on. She's three. Yeah. <laughs> she's three. But um, just like, you know, because our voices become like our children's like inner voices, you know, as they grow up. So I want her to remember like, oh, I don't ask for this. I'm never going to get it. Yeah. Yeah. So. OK, sorry. <laughs> so what are you most grateful for as a mother? Hmm. That is a good question. Um, I don't know. I'm just so grateful to be a mother. Um, It was very challenging, um, you know, having a child. And um, even afterwards, um, because I had a miscarriage over this summer. So it's um, just, I'm just grateful to be able to have her and and see all the things that I'm putting in her for her to grow up and to be the person she is. Um, Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just grateful for it all. Awesome. Okay. Um, And then how, if at all, did becoming a mother change you? Hmm. (sighs) I think... I don't know. I mean, clearly it changed my whole being. And I've read a lot of research that it changes our brains dramatically. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Something about just being hyper aware. um, You know, I just, you know, well, I don't think, I mean, I wasn't ever a selfish person because I'm the oldest child. So I always, you know, was responsible for other people. (laughs) Um, But just being able to, I guess, love to a different capacity. Like you think that, you know, you love your spouse, you know, and that's as much love that you could ever give somebody, you know, or your parents or your siblings. But this little person, like the amount of love um, that I never knew or knew I could feel for somebody. Um, even when, you know, I don't feel my best and I think, or I look at her and she's like, man, I was smiling and being a kid. It, it makes me feel better. And, um, you know, reminds me like, all right, Maya, you know, let's snap out of it and do what's best for, you know, what we have to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. 
right. Um, so this is my last question. Mm -hmm. um, if you had to describe your journey to motherhood in a tweet, so that's 140 <laughs> characters, what would you say? And it's okay if you go over, but like, how? what mm -hmm. would you say? What would it say? Motherhood will be the most joyful. I don't know how many characters I'm at. <laughs> Motherhood will be the most joyful, but you got to truly work to feel the joy. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Let me write that down. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Just like put it on my little like board. <laughs> That is good. Oh Thank my gosh, you. that's so true. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it now.